0: Hey everyone, this is Mordechai, or Max, the Millennial Jew. This channel is going to be about sports, current climate in Israel, finances, basically everything, but this time it's gonna be about what's happening in Israel. So to talk about what's gonna happen in Israel, we have to start with the top. Who settled there first? So the first settlement of Jews in Israel was around 3,500 years ago. Abraham was promised it through Isaac about 4,000 years ago. And of course, the Jews then went to Egypt and made it back to Israel. The Romans were the first ones to call the land Palestine. They called it that due to, in the Bible, the Plishtim, or the Philistines, were the ones who were known to be the biggest enemy of the Jewish people, and when they conquered us, they wanted us uh, to feel embarrassed about what happened. After the Bar Kokhba revolt, which was one of the Jewish leaders, fought back against the Romans, the Romans displaced us. They sent us to all different countries, which is why you have Jews from Europe, Jews from Africa, Jews from all over. The Romans sent the Jews all over the world, and that was the first time that the Jewish majority was not living in Israel for an extended period of time. Islam came in the year 586, more than 1,500 years after Israel was first settled by Jews. The Ottoman Empire ruled what they called Palestine, among other areas, um, which of course came after the Romans. But Jews living in Arab countries were subject to the rules of being a dhimmi. For anyone who doesn't know what a dhimmi is, it is anyone who is not Muslim living in a Muslim country. You will get treated as a second or third class citizen. You have higher taxes. You cannot ride in the same type of vehicle. So if someone rides in a horse, you have to ride on a donkey. Things like that. That is what Adimi is, and that is how Jews lived throughout their entire exile in Muslim-run countries, which included the historical land of Israel. The person who created the term Zionism, which is a huge part of what this is, because a lot of people use the term Zionism for good, and a lot of people use it for bad. The term Zionism has one very simple meaning, which is believing that the Jewish people have a right to their own homeland. The first person to coin the phrase Zionism was King David. After the Jews were sent out by the Romans, there was a modern Zionism that was started by a man named Theodor Herzl. And the reason he started it, modern Zionism, is because he wanted to assimilate, to be treated like everyone else.
1: And so he wanted Jews to first uh, convert to Christianity. That didn't work. We had
0: what was known as the Dreyfus trial. The Dreyfus trial was when a Jew,
1: whose last name was Dreyfus, of course, was in a non-Jewish country, and he
0: was in the military, and they had a trial for him, and he was basically accused of being a spy. And they did not give him a fair trial simply because he was Jewish and they killed him. This is the first time that Herzl decided to abandon assimilation. He, up until that point, did not give his kids a circumcision. He was, like I said, he was trying to start a mass conversion to Christianity, but that is when he decided that the Jews needed our own homeland. In 1917, Britain took over, after World War I, they took over the area, the territory, which was then called Palestine. And during that time, between 1917 and 1947, <clears throat> they, the Jews lived a very dangerous life. For example, in 1929, in Hebron, which is one of the oldest holiest Jewish cities
1: in the Bible. It is where our patriarchs and matriarchs are buried. There was a massacre done by the Jordanians living there and the British police did absolutely nothing. During World War II,
0: the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, of Jerusalem met with Hitler to strategize the killing of Jews he felt that the biggest problem around the world was Jews. And so he wanted to A aid the Nazis, which I think everyone can agree were not the good guys. And he also wanted to fight them on their own on their own homeland. They these there were multiple Arab countries that helped fight against the Jews coming up from North Africa. And many Jews in Arab countries were killed at that war during World War II. It was not just in Europe. It was a lot in Europe. It was more in Europe. But it still happened in Arabic countries. Which is why, today, you have basically no Jewish population in any of these Arab countries that you had for over 1,000 years. So in 1947, Britain and the UN, who controlled the land of, at that point, Trans Jordan, Palestine, Israel. And they decided to give the to give a portion of it, a very small portion of it, not including the West Bank, not including Gaza, not including the Golan, which Israel does have some level of use there today. Um, some of it more, some of them some of it less. They sent they gave the land to the to the Jews there. They gave they gave the rest of that to the Jews which
1: is, again, our historic homeland. Immediately when that happened, Iraq, Syria,
0: Transjordan, and later what was called Jordan, which was later called Jordan, and Egypt, and the Arabs who were living in Israel as well,
1: went to war with Israel, with the Jews there. And Israel won. So now, On top of having a possession, right, meaning Israel won the war, it was theirs, that is one way to
0: determine who the land belongs to. Another way is who is the historic owners of the land. Well, that's also the Jews. And if you want to use religion as the authority, which many people in that region do, then it also belongs to the Jews. So, any authority that you want to use, it belongs to the Jews. Some Jordanians and Egyptians stayed
1: in Judea and Samaria and Gaza and the Golan at that time. So, in 1967,
0: Israel was surrounded by Syria, Jordan, and Egypt, and the militaries that were all on their borders saying on the radio that they would wipe Israel off the map. And in six days, Israel not only defeated these armies, but got back more historic homelands, including Jerusalem. It was the first time in 2,000 years that we controlled our own capital. Sort of. We still returned. har which is under the Arab control, is called Al-Aqsa Mosque. And under what what we call it in English, is Temple of the Mound. This is the holiest place in the Jewish religion. It is not in the Islamic religion, but we still gave it back because we did not want to go to war again. We just wanted to live in peace. So we gave it back to
1: them, and that was basically how that war ended. Israel did get Jerusalem, they did get the Golan, and they did get parts of Egypt. This is why
0: 1967 lines is a term. Because in 1967, Israel did get more land back. 1967 was the first time in world history that Palestinian meant a people and not a land. It was used to create an oppression that never existed for a non-existent people. This is just what it is. It does not mean that they are not people today who call themselves Palestinians, and it does not mean that they should not have an identity. But there is no such thing as a historic Palestinian. There never was, there never is, and there never will be. That is just a fact. In 1979, Israel initiated their first land for peace deal by trading back the Sinai to Egypt. And Israel and the Egyptians did actually have peace with a couple hiccups from the Egyptian side, um, such as a week and a half ago, when an Egyptian cop decided to slaughter a couple of Israelis, or in 2011, when the Muslim uprising was taking over all these governments in uh, in Muslim countries, and when Mubarak stepped down, the Muslim Brotherhood slaughtered eight Israelis on their way to Eilat, not doing anything other than going on a vacation, but... With those couple exceptions, Egypt has actually kept quite a bit of peace. Now, what happened to this Arab leader, Anwar al-Sadat, the president of Egypt, who signed this peace treaty? He was assassinated
1: for daring to sign a peace treaty with the Jewish people. So you have to ask, what type of side are we talking to? When
0: we want to talk about peace. We traded land for peace. In 73. After the Muslim countries. Of Egypt, Syria. And neighboring Palestinians. Inside of Israel. Attacked us on the holiest day of the Jewish calendar. When we fasted. They attacked us. And even after all that. And they still lost. Not without heavy losses to the Jews. But they lost the war. Israel got the Sinai. And they gave it back for peace. In 1993, Israel signed another peace agreement, giving back the lines, a lot of the lines of 67. They gave back a lot of Judea and Samaria. And then you had the Intifada come right after that. They weren't peaceful with the land trades. They used it as a political and military advantage so they can sneak in easier with their bombs. And they had years of suicide bombs, stabbings, shootings. Car rammings. This is what has always happened. Land for Peace is something that has always been tried. It is not something that has ever worked with the people who are living inside of Israel. It's worked with Egypt, it's worked with Jordan. Syria has its own thing because obviously they have their civil war. Lebanon has gone in a couple times. Israel has not actually ever traded land for peace the Lebanese, however, the Lebanese do have, they did capture an Israeli soldier in 1990, and
1: still will not produce a body. The family still doesn't even know for sure that he's dead. So,
0: you have all these issues from all these people when you're talking about trading something, whether it's land, whether it's people, no matter what it is, We always have had an issue with it. In 2011, Gilad Shalit was traded for over 1,000 convicted terrorist murderers. A lot of the attacks that happened this last week were people
1: who were there. These were people that got traded back. So, telling Israel to do things like ceasefire
0: or give up a little land and telling us that it will work to
1: our advantage, that it will give us peace. You have to look at the history and see that that will
0: never be a working option. In 2014, after Gilad Shalit was freed, you had Hamas kidnap three Israeli teens and slaughtered them for no other reason than being Jewish
1: and living in a historic Jewish city. Just because they weren't in Shechem, just because you might hear in some media saying that it is in a settler land,
0: you cannot settle on your own historic homeland. They weren't in some random city, they were in Hebron. That is a Jewish city, that is a historic Jewish city, that is a city. That has the graves of the people that started our religion. And we only go in on full-time ownership of that, of that cemetery three times a year. Other than that, most of it is given unrestricted access to the Arabs. And almost never is it given like that to the Jews. Now, in 1993,
1: I believe it was, you, have, you had a man named Baruch Goldstein. He was a doctor. And people still to this day debate what exactly set him off. Some people say he knew about a plan. Some people say he was crazy. Some people say that he was just a terrorist. All
0: those are viable options. But here's what happened when he went in to there and shot at a bunch of Arabs, and killed people. The Israeli police killed him. They did not cheer him on. They didn't give him candy. They didn't give him money. They didn't support his family for the rest of their lives. They killed him. So don't try to act like both sides have bad people. Yes, of course both sides have bad people. And of course both sides have good people. But the leadership on Israel, is always consistently on the side of morality. There is no debate. There is a good side and a bad side. Just like you had some bad British people that did not change the Nazis to being the good guys. They were just the bad guys because they were the bad guys. It has nothing to do with anyone else who was there. So now this brings
1: us to the situation in the current war. Israel on another holy day. Most people were in synagogue praying. Most people were dancing. You had an unknown amount of terrorists come in from their elected
0: leadership of Hamas. This elected leadership came after Israel withdrew all people from Gaza. They gave complete control and the party that they elected is Hamas. This is not just a victim story. This is a chosen government. Now, They had some elections that were not great since then, but Hamas was the ones who were put in power by
1: the people. When those people broke into Israel on October 7th, they broke in on another one of the holiest days of the Jewish calendar. 50 years exactly after the Yom Kippur attacks that happened in 1973. When they did that, they tried to kill as many civilians as possible.
0: They went into a music festival. They slaughtered people there. They shot rockets, as many as they can shoot. They went into villages and they kidnapped, they
1: raped people. They beheaded people, they burnt people. They took people back to repeatedly rape them.
0: There are no two sides. When Israel responds, that is not doing a genocide. If Israel wanted to wipe out Gaza tomorrow, there would be no Gaza tomorrow. This is a choice that Gaza makes, and it's a choice that Israel makes. Israel's choice is always to find the most peaceful possible solution. They never ever target civilians that does not mean that civilians cannot get killed that is what happens when you fire weapons from civilian areas but Israel never says how can I kill the most civilians possible and the way you know that is because if they did that they would kill every civilian in Gaza that is how that goes if you think that Israel is powerful enough to oppress them they are powerful enough to wipe them off the map They don't want to do that. So the question is, what can Israel do now? Can they trade land for peace again? We already know how that goes. Can they give back a ton of terrorists for the kidnapped civilians? We know how that goes too. What is the solution? What is the solution that someone who calls Israel a terrorist state, what is the solution they would put forward for Israel to continue to exist
1: not be an Auschwitz in the global community to have actual Jewish freedom in the world
0: and not wipe people off the map. What is a solution that you would propose? Because there is no solution that does not end in a ton of death. And if it's between the death of a bunch of people who want me dead and my family. I will take my family
1: surviving every single time. And so will everyone. Fortunately, we will have some guests from all sides.
0: And we'll discuss this. I am always in favor of discourse for education. And I'm fortunately going to have someone who we can go back and forth a little bit about the Palestinian side. And we'll explore each other's perspectives. Thank you everyone for listening. This has been the Millennial Jew. I am looking forward to seeing all of you tomorrow night as we bring Mika in to discuss this from the Palestinian side. Have a good night.